Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Not Tuesday Show. My name is James Jan, Chen, Jen, James Jen, James Chen, and uh, I've got a. I, I've been wanting to do a stream like this for a while. I've got a very special guest here. Look, rollback obviously is such a big conversation within the FGC and such. And even though I think for the most part, most people have gotten to understanding that rollback is the best way for us to go. I still feel like there's this weird mystery kind of surrounding rollback and a lot of misinformation still going on. So I am very uh, grateful to uh, have Zynak here join us for this episode. I'm going to go ahead and just bring him on over here. So everybody say hello to Zynak and... Uh, yeah, he is a, a big expert in rollback netcode, but I'll let I'll let you talk about it. Who are you and why should we believe anything you say about rollback netcode? <laughs> well, happy to be here, James. Uh, I'm glad that you uh, are calling me an expert. I don't really think of myself as that, but uh, I guess when it comes to rollbacks, I'm one of the few people who've actually shipped games using it, so I'm good as anyone, I guess. Um, yeah, I've been working in games for about 10 years now professionally. Um, started out developing indie fighting games. Um, as you probably know, a lot of people know, I worked on a version of Skullgirls back in the day when it was like a college project between <laughs> a bunch of people on like SRK and such. Um, you know, I had my own fighting game, still kind of in development, though, uh, called Fearless Knight. Um, it w my whole thing was that I wanted to like develop a game from scratch that did support rollbacks. That's been going on for good, almost 10 years now. But mm -hmm. uh, at some point, uh, I was talking to my buddy Keats, and he's like, hey, uh, we have this project going on over at Iron Galaxy you might be interested in. And uh, <laughs> turns out that was Killer Instinct, and they brought me on as a game designer there. So it worked yeah, very I was, closely. I was prepared. Yeah. I was prepared. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So as you know, that game had rollbacks, and... Uh, I really got to cut my teeth as a designer for a game that did have rollbacks in mind from the very beginning. So that was a very formative experience. Um, I transitioned to more technical design there, doing a lot more programming, and continued working on my own project. Uh, eventually, once Killer Instinct got finished up, you know, the project kind of ended. I moved out to Japan, worked for ArcSys as the, yeah, uh, around 2017, as the gameplay programmer, uh, battle programmer on. Grand Blue Fantasy Versus. Um, worked on that for a few years and eventually transitioned to implementing the rollbacks in Guilty Gear Strive with a, a great team that made that happen in a very short amount of time. So, And now I'm off doing more independent stuff, but uh, hopefully I get to work on fighting games in the future. <laughs> right now I'm taking a short break on that, but that's pretty much uh, my history. <laughs> Thing. So there I mean, go. like I have all these questions, but now you're just talking about like your time at Arxis, and now I just want to be like, ooh, what happened? Dude, tell me all the secrets of Arxis. <laughs> but, Maybe ten years, or so I'll, I'll tell you. <laughs> Fair enough, but um, you know, look, uh, obviously for those people watching this and aren't familiar with exactly what rollback is, I mean, I, if you're in, the, if you're watching this video, you have no idea what the rollback is. I'm very confused right now because I like I feel like those two areas uh, completely intersect here. But uh, do you have a quick way to describe exactly what rollback netcode is and why it's so good for fighting games? Okay, yeah, uh, I've explained this a lot 
so I think I can do it in pretty precise, uh, <laughs> precise manner. Uh, before you understand rollbacks, really, you have to understand how fighting game networking works at all. You know, mm-hmm. from the very beginning, you know, uh, ever since there's been networked fighting games, um, it basically uses the same basic strategy that uh, even delayed-based uh, netcode uses. Some people even say it is delay-based netcode, right? Rollback right. netcode is delay-based netcode. Mm-hmm. But just a quick shortcut uh, explaining that is, um, before we had rollbacks, pretty much the way you made network fighting games work is you just sent input from both players to each other over the network. Mm-hmm. And as long as you played the same inputs on both sides, you would get the same result on uh, computers, right? Both consoles. That's just how computers work. If you didn't get the same results for every instruction, every time, Computers want to be very useful, right? So <laughs> that's how programs work. And um, to compensate for the time it takes to send information over the internet, we have to add delay to the input, right? right? So that that input is used at the same time on both computers. Now, what rollback does is it kind of lets you get rid of this delay on your own end, right? Instead of sending the input uh, and waiting to play the input on your local computer at the same time as your opponent's computer, you actually play it immediately right? That same frame. So you don't have the feeling of delay, right? You know, everybody knows it feels terrible. If you ever played six, seven <laughs> frames of delay across yes. the uh, continent, you know, it's awful. So what the strategy is to basically play it immediately. And once you eventually do get the input from the other player, you, you basically roll the game state back invisibly. You don't see this at all. Then mm-hmm. uh, rerun the game for X number of frames, basically to compensate for the network latency, the same number of frames it would have taken for that input to get to the other side, and the game corrects itself, right? You don't actually ever see the game go back to a previous state. You just see the correction. Right. And that's the, the short of it. Um, okay. This means it works for anything that runs on a computer. It doesn't have to be a fighting game. Um, but even like Overwatch, other network games use this strategy. Mm-hmm. Now, the rollback happens on server end, um, but it's the same thing. Oh, interesting. So, yeah, I mean... Uh... This was this is just kind of a question that I just kind of realized now. One of the reasons why obviously rollback netcode and everything like that is so important is because fighting games are peer to peer, right? And you know, a lot of other games like League of Legends and Overwatch are, you know, the clients contacting the servers. So but that's interesting. I always thought because of that, because there's that server state that rollback isn't particularly as useful for server-based games like that, but can rollback be applied to games like League of Legends and Overwatch, and are they actually being used by uh, some of the, 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 the more popular esports out there? You know, I can't speak specifically of any particular game, but I knew some. I know some do employ rollbacks so they can compensate for the network latency, mm-hmm. right? Otherwise, it would add even more lag. You know, if it, you know, if a server had to wait for all the input from all the players to come in, you know, you would basically incur the the longest time from any particular client, right? You you'd incur that penalty, and then the server would have to run the game locally with all those inputs, and then finally it would send it. But if if you can just kind of roll things back at any time and rerun the game from a few frames ago, then you can like reduce the amount of apparent latency uh, that way. So. Okay, okay. I can work on to me server-based games, so don't hold me to it. <laughs> yeah. Fair enough, fair enough. But uh, uh, look, I mean, 
I hate to start it like start some of the questions this way, but you know, uh, I want to talk about uh, Street Fighter Five because obviously, right. uh, Street Fighter Five came out. It was one of the first mainstream Japanese-based rollback games, and um, obviously, when rollback is implemented very well, which we have seen in a lot of games since then, uh, rollback is absolutely fantastic. But what we saw from Street Fighter V was that uh, the rollback wasn't particularly good. And, you know, the, the snapping of the state just made it so it looked like you were like things were jumping around because it was basically always correcting itself. And so my question is, you know, as a person who's worked on rollback, I, I, I even feel like I kind of remember uh, Mike Z even saying when he saw the saw that happening, he knew exactly what the bug was. I mean, uh, was it pretty clear what the what the mistake was that they made? And uh, and do you have like a kind of like a easy way to describe what they were doing wrong? <laughs> right. OK, so if you had talked to anybody who'd worked on rollbacks, online, they would have said the same thing, right? It always, mm -hmm. It's probably time synchronization. Uh, it's, this was happening. So-called rift, if you ever talk to the canons, they, they refer to it as the rift. But it's really what's happening is when each computer is running the game, mm -hmm. what frame it's currently processing gets slightly out of sync with the other one, right? So I might be on the 10th frame of the game, but you're only on the 5th frame of the game. So I'm way ahead of you, which means I have to wait even longer to get your 10th frame input right mm. so it's going to take longer i'm going to be much farther ahead that means i have to roll back even farther compared to what you're doing right you're behind me in this case so you're getting my inputs right on time so you're not seeing these crazy corrections mm. so you get an advantage in that way so if you don't compensate for the drifting um you're going to incur more rollbacks on one side than the other um the reason this does happen is because especially on pc right performance is going to vary between different computers and this is probably why a lot of people saw it more often on PC or between PC and console uh, than between console and console. It's easy to compensate for, but you have to be aware of it. Okay. So actually, the person who has the better machine is the one that's going to see the rollback more often, right? Right. So generally, that's the case, yeah. Okay. So, um, you know, uh, at some point in time, you know, I mean, everyone remembers the life of the Altimore patch for like maybe uh, two days or right. three days or something like that. But uh, uh, as far as you can tell, was the fix from Altimore pretty substantial or was there a potential for still other bugs uh, potentially uh, in that? So in other words, if Altimore, if Capcom was like, hey, let's take this patch and let's roll it out to both PCs and consoles, like, would that actually have improved it for the most part and fixed most of the problems? Well, I mean, there were, you can't just roll the patch into the console version. It's a completely different mm. um, compiler and things like that. So the technique for fixing it isn't difficult at all. So as long as if they're willing to like go out and talk to anybody who's worked on rollbacks, they could have explained to them very quickly. Now, the actual cause of their clock or time desynchronization, they're drifting, it could be many things, right? Uh, it may have just been a small bug in their code, right, that wasn't caught during development. And the person may have been off the project by the time the game got released mm -hmm. who understood this stuff. So, I mean, there's a lot of things you could speculate about it, but ultimately you don't need to have a complicated patch to make it work. It's, it's a very simple algorithm. It's used by pretty much every PC on the planet 
for synchronizing clocks between different systems. Otherwise, the time on your computer versus the time on another computer would be off, right? These kind of things are used. It's, it's common. <laughs> so I don't know. It's kind of frustrating that I, I understand why they're not aware of it. There's not a lot of um, Japanese documentation on rollbacks, right? Mm -hmm. There's not a lot of tutorials and videos because you, you, you pretty much need to be part of the English-speaking internet to get access to this stuff. So I, I think I can understand why that happened, but I think now we're now in an era of world games implementing rollbacks correctly. You know, suddenly there's a huge number of them. So um, I don't think we're going to have that problem again. <laughs> oh, crossing my fingers. I'm looking forward to the first thing. <laughs> I mean, uh, you yeah. know, again, this is might be a question that you you don't even have to answer because this might be one of those NDA things. But you said you did work on uh, Grand Blue Fantasy Versus. Did you right. push for rollback uh, with in that area? You know, for for that game. Uh, so I always let it be known that I could do it. I'll put it that way. So okay, <laughs> yeah, and that's kind of how it led to Strive. So. Nice, nice. I, and and how much? I mean, I don't obviously again don't have to answer this, but how much of those uh, those polls that were taken at all the events? You know, I've been crediting Arxis a lot with actually listening to those polls and everybody saying, "Please put rollback in there." And obviously, Strive started with delay-based netcode. The very first beta had delay-based netcode. But how much right. of a factor were those polls from the users uh, asking to put rollback into Strive? Well, as far as I understand, I wasn't part a lot of those discussions. I was just asked whether or not it was technically possible to do it mm -hmm. um so th there was a lot of discussions internally as far as i'm aware and i, I think there's uh some awareness of people obviously wanting it right i think that's mm -hmm. clear <laughs> but you know i think for a long time internally people have wanted to implement it now I, I think it just got an excuse to be able to do it for that project so okay. which was was awesome because finally fighting games have or Japanese fighting games have rollback now, almost all of them now. So yeah. it's awesome. Even, even older ones are going back and adding it, yeah. which is fantastic. <laughs> yeah. Uh. I mean, Strive's rollback is kind of infamous now for being like one of the best rollback that's, you know, existed in a mainstream Japanese game. And, you know, this is, again, I, I think I've done this to you before, but I'm going to give the opportunity to take a lot of credit for that. No, <laughs> but how much of that was you uh, making sure that the rollback worked so well for Strive? Um, to be honest, the rollback network part, part of it is not very difficult. Okay. All the difficulty comes in modifying the gameplay code, you know, mm. um, optimizing the game. Fixing all the various bugs that can happen with, you know, resynchronizations or you know the, the fix-up that needs to happen after a rollback that required a team of people, right? It, it required several programmers who were very programmers who were very familiar with the code base already. I wasn't as familiar with the Strive code base, so I had to rely on them to go and pretty much say, hey, you know, this is what we need to do. Like when it comes to the sound, this kind of bug could happen. You know, if you play Street Fighter Cross Tech and you've seen the sound bug, you've heard the sound <laughs> bug, right? Yeah, uh -huh. it can happen with rollbacks. Um, even AC Remix, that those kind of games often had that. Um, I, I think, same thing with optimization. So yeah, yeah. I, I've heard it in KOF 15 before too. KOF 15 has some of those audio bugs where, like, you'll hit somebody and they'll do their death scream, but then they're okay. You know, <laughs> bigger problem is repeating the same sound over and over mm. again every frame. Right, that is a big problem that can happen. A lot of those. They eventually fixed it for Street Fighter Cross Tekken, as far as I as I okay. recall. But eventually, a lot of people complained about that very early on. <laughs> 
Well, yeah. So, uh, I mean, you kind of, uh, you know, kind of got into the next question that I was talking about that, that I kind of wanted to know. So in case people don't understand uh, how, like, so one of the technical sides of rollback, and again, correct me if I say anything incorrect here, but, you know, a lot of rollback is kind of saving the state of the game, right? Yeah. And so that way, when you know you're synced, the last moment that you know you're truly synced, uh, that's like a save state. And then from there, you know, every once in a while it can play out the inputs and check to make sure that it keeps going there. Now, for older games, and especially for things like Fightcade and such, like save state is kind of easier because like the games are really small, right? So if you have a smaller game, you can literally like save the entire state of the game and play it back from there. Is that basically what a lot of like Fightcade is doing? Right. You know, like the CPS2, I think, has something like a megabyte of memory. Mm-hmm. So you can save that really quickly. It includes all the video state, right? Everything, audio. So you can easily save it off and restore it pretty much instantly, right? Mm-hmm. Modern games have much larger memory they need to use. So you need to be careful about which memory contributes to your game's um, behavior, right? Mm-hmm. Um, you want to keep that as small as possible. And then also give you a bunch of handles and things to things like 3D models, animation, right? Mm-hmm. Special effects, audio. Those things also need to be carefully handled and it's kind of separately from the game state itself in modern engines because modern 3D engines like Unreal and Unity are very complicated things. They're multi-threaded. Um, they, they have a lot of different optimization strategies you need to account for. So that's so, so, the big difference. <laughs> so, so basically, like, if I have this straight then, like... Obviously, for retrofitting stuff into older games, you know, you're just like, boom, save the entire state of the game, play back from there, everything's hunky-dory, and it just recalculates based on the new inputs. But for modern games, uh, you're not actually saving the entire state of the game, right? Are you, is, is it kind of simulating a save state by just trying to remember what you basically pick exactly what you're trying to save? Or is there some form of actually saving the entire state of the game? So luckily, fighting games are, tend not to be very complicated when it comes to just the number of variables are used into you know processing the game. So you can really easily just copy everything that contributes to the behavior, like what's the current frame in an action, right? Um, what is the position of the characters, things like that. Most 2D or one-on-one fighting games, any one-on-one fighting game, even, you know, uh, a four-player fighting game doesn't doesn't have a lot of memory you need to actually hmm. copy over uh, compared to something like an open-world game, right? That has many, many dozens of actors, objects running around doing their own thing. Um, so if you, as long as you're careful and you kind of isolate all the variables that contribute to the behavior of your game separately um, from, from the rest of the rendering stuff, the, the UI, all that kind of stuff, you can easily just copy that and recopy it back. Oh. The trouble is, you're, you're a programmer, right? You know, yeah. you have pointers, you know, <laughs> handles into memory, right? And once you restore a game state, you don't want to have a pointer that's necessarily pointing to, like, invalid memory. Right. Memory that's now okay. different, right? So that's all the difficulty that you have mm. to uh, consider when you implement rollbacks into an existing game. If you do it from the beginning, you can kind of be careful and, and just have it kind of work from the beginning. But if you're retrofitting rollbacks, it, it can be really difficult depending on complexity of uh, the game, so... Okay. Okay. So, I mean, 
for something like Dragon Ball Fighters, I got to imagine trying to put rollback into that game is going to be a pretty monumental task, huh? It's a game's a little more complicated than a typical Arxis game because of the additional characters and the tags and stuff, but it's definitely doable. Okay, yeah. okay. And then, uh, you know, you were talking about, uh, you know, you can kind of save the state. So, like, one of the things that I was thinking about, like, I remember in Killer Instinct, I think it was... Um, it might have been Hisako or something, but like, you know, even in training mode, when you reset the stage, like, like the flame would actually like where it was, it'll kind of like drift back into the neutral state and stuff like that. Right. Um, you know, I was thinking for even a game like Street Fighter, like let's say Manat activates the V trigger orbs and she's got now six orbs over here, which you could launch all at the same time and go in all these different directions again. Right. Like, so for rollback, then you're saying it's actually not that difficult to store all that kind of like as a giant encompassing state. Like you don't have to yeah. manually choose everything that you have to keep track of. No, you'd only have to ever manually choose things if your game had an enormous number of objects. Mm. I think uh, games I've worked on in the past, I won't say specifically which ones. I think we could easily store off a hundred objects in in um, one rollback. So. You're never going to have more than that in most fighting games, right? So, okay, and that's on the PS4. Uh, modern consoles are going to be able to handle even more, you know. So, so I mean, that's yeah, not really a problem. You know, one of the things that I've heard, you know, in the past from people saying, you know, oh, one of the things that can be difficult with uh, rollback netcode is, you know, camera positions, you know, uh, uh, lighting effects, like you said, the audio situation, you know, making sure you cut off audio or accidentally play it back and stuff. And, you know, how difficult is that to handle? Is that like kind of outside of the save state stuff or is that just kind of built into it? So I put this class of problems, not as the actual, how do you put it? As long as you've like designed your game, where basically you can restore the state at any point and it remains a pleasant experience, um, it's not going to be an issue. So if you try to write your UI, it's very tied into the actual gameplay code. You're going to have a problem because you're going to restore the UI state, you know, and you're going to see like pops and stuff in the actual HUD and such. But if you're clever, right, you kind of make it independent and the UI updates based on the gameplay, but not based on not directly reads variables update the current visual state, then you're going to be okay. Same with audio. It's going to be same with the camera. You know, a basic thing I do in a lot of the games I work on is I don't tie the camera directly to the gameplay camera, right? Gameplay camera handles things like where the characters can go, you know, can they go left or right? Can they move any farther left, right? That's independent of the, what you're actually seeing and what's rendering. So you can easily have the camera not directly tied, but it will read the current position and you can blend, right? And make the experience smoother for the player. And because most rollbacks, you're, we're, we're talking about a few frames, right? Three to like eight frames maximum. Mm -hmm. it, once you start blending those values together over time, it's not going to be as noticeable to players. There's so many things you can do to compensate for, for the uh, correction that happens. Okay. And, and, and yeah, I mean, that's probably also an important thing to, you know, for those people who aren't as familiar with rollback and the technical side of things that, you know, a lot of the rollbacks that occurs can be like milliseconds and like literally visually you can't really see it. So it shouldn't yep. be jumping like street fighter fives, you know, on particularly bad matchups. Right. It's, it's going to be pretty subtle because right. the rollback happens so quickly. Right. We're very lucky in fighting games where we have attacks that have a fixed 
amount of time they run, right? It's not like a first-person shooter where you can run around and shoot while you're moving. You're not constantly giving new inputs that change the state of the game. There's always a delay that happens locally. When you press a button, attack comes out, you know, minimum maybe four frames, eight frames. And the longer it is, the more uh, the network latency it can compensate for, right? Because effectively, the game doesn't need to roll back unless the state would have been different. Right. And if you do like a like Ryu standing fierce, I don't know how many frames that is in the current game. What ten frames or something? That's more than enough time for your input to get to the other player. And so that startup time is actually hiding the latency. Right. I see. I see. So in other words, even if uh, there is a little bit of a desync, the startup will kind of cover the fact of when it was supposed to hit the opponent. Right. Oh, it just prevents you, you know, it prevents you from changing the state of the game, right? Your inputs won't have any effect on what changed in, in those cases. Same thing with like hit stop. Our, our games tend to have tons of hit stop. So when you hit an opponent, there's basically the game will freeze, or the <laughs> two characters that are interacting will freeze for a fixed amount of time. And that also hides any latency. Like while that's happening, you can input something. That input arrives at your opponent's computer while the freeze is all happening. And if you say you want to do a special cancel from a standing normal attack, well, it's fine. You don't see any corrections because the input arrived in time. So, Interesting. So, in other fighting words, great rollbacks, yeah. So, in other words, fighting games, I mean, really just lend themselves to rollback particularly well then, huh? They, they do. They absolutely do. Okay. Well, I mean, look, we've kind of touched on this a little bit. We started kind of going in this direction. One of the, the biggest things that I hear about rollback all the time is that for 3D games like Tekken, like Soul Calibur, that rollback is much harder to implement uh, for those games than it is for 2.5D games like Strive. Obviously, it's still rendered in 3D Engine, but, you know, we don't have the 3D movement. And, you know, from my standpoint, from a programmer standpoint, I can't really figure out why that is the case and like part of me doesn't want to believe that that's actually true but uh so from your experience i don't know if you have even had a chance to work on like a 3d game with 3d movement like that for rollback but how much truth is there to that statement that it's harder for 3d games i'm not gonna say it's harder for 3d games in particular because one of the few things i think would have been difficult in implementing rollbacks in a in, in like virtual fighter and one of those kind of 3d fighters is they do tie collision volumes to bones right the animation drives things but we had that in killer instinct as well oh, so there, okay. there there are techniques to deal with and i believe netherrealm games also do that that's so true i think so yeah it's definitely yeah. possible and honestly like the mortal Kombat games have a lot and similar with 3d games if you look how they're actually handle combat so yeah i mean there's no physical laws that say 3D games are somehow in, unable to have rollbacks, right? The, the same principles apply to all video games, right? And the same things I just mentioned before about how animations do have startup time. You have hit stop. You have all these things to hide latency. Those exist in all fighting games. So, yeah, there may be a particular implementation of fighting games that are harder to implement rollback in just because you didn't consider it from the beginning. But if you start a brand new game considering you're going to have rollbacks. There's so many things you can do to make your life much easier. Uh, so so yeah, in other words, like if, if you're planning for it from the beginning, so let's say Bandai Namco is like, we're putting rollback in Tekken 8, there really shouldn't be any increased difficulty 
uh, dealing with rollback net code and the logic behind the, the you know resetting the states and everything and, and correcting things as compared to Strive or even Street Fighter 6 or even Mortal Kombat 11, right? Let's put it this way. The statement that 2D fighting games are somehow easier to do it than 3D games is not really a statement that tracks for me. It's it all comes to how the game's already been implemented. When you, the legacy code that you're taking, you know, you've probably dealt with legacy code yourself. You know, having to learn <laughs> how that's how that works. You know, and how to implement a new feature. There are many talented engineers out in the world, and I think if they understand these uh, principles and concepts of how to deal with rollbacks, they could take on any game and make it possible. No. Nice. Okay. See, <laughs> thank you. <laughs> Validating my, my thought here. <laughs> Cause uh, again, you know, I, I just, Oh, go ahead. Oh no. Uh, yeah. I mean, just thinking no. about like the whole, the whole situation cause strive and all those, like I understood when the, the argument was between Sprite based gamed and 3d based games. Maybe I feel right. like that there could be something here. And actually while you're here, is there any extra difficulties even in that factor from being a Sprite based game to a, uh, to a 3d model based game? Obviously it's easier for older games just because they take up less memory, but let's just say we're, playing a game with just like the most ridiculously ginormous sprites in the entire world that take up right. gobs of memory would there be any significant difference between a sprite based game or a 3d game well the big difference between the sprite based game and modern 3d games is the image you show on screen in a, in a 2d sprite based game is pretty much just an index into a list of images right mm. as long as you set that index it's just an index into an array right uh you can just show the correct sprite but 3D animation is very, very different, right? We're actually mm. calculating in a hierarchy a tree from a root node and basically applying matrix transformations down, down that tree over, over time. Okay. And if you have to like redo that over again by rolling back, it's of course going to be more expensive, okay. right? And 3D games do have, not, I'm not just talking about uh, fighting games, and all modern games, they employ all kinds of different strategies to make that optimal. There's a lot of caches in various places. So you just have to be very careful about how you handle uh, those corrections. But again, other types of games have this, right? Even server-based games have these corrections. Okay. Um, so it, it, these engines do handle that kind of stuff. It's, you just have to be careful about it. Right. Because, I mean, uh, again, I'm not too well versed in modeling and 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 you know exactly how 3d graphics and that kind of stuff works but basically i mean we've all seen when a character gets t-posed right because that's yep. the default state right of the mm -hmm. of the character so basically you know a, a model is just a bunch of mathematical calculations of angles and you know physics based off of the the default pose right yep you're just calculating down the tree like you have an uh, shoulder node and you go down to the elbow down to the wrist you're just okay rotate it this way move it this way you take that transform and you apply it to the next node and you take its transform and apply it to the next node and then you got to like merge all those values if you have two animations that are blending right so it is expensive right um, okay that's the main thing you have to take into account and of course Yep, go ahead. Oh, no, I was about to say, and that's that's essentially how things like Tekken, slow-mo, and everything like that work, right? Because obviously, normally, the moves play out animation the same way, but when you slow right. down the game, because it's just about your mathematical calculations, now you can calculate all the in-betweens and, and display the in-betweens properly on slowdown, right? Yeah, and I'm, I'm pretty sure that's just an entirely visual effect that has no 
implication on the gameplay itself. Mm-hmm. I'm, I think they probably still tick at the same. The, the same amount of ticks happen in the same time effectively, right? Even though the visually it's slowed down. So, yeah. yeah I know that there's one example <laughs> that I think they did mess that up on, which oh, really? is a UMVC three for Strider, uh, his crouching mm. heavy punch in X factor, like it moves faster. And I think they just mess it up because the farthest, uh, the farthest point at which it can hit that point accidentally gets skipped in the spe- speed up, so he loses oh. range. <laughs> it's interesting. I don't know if you know much about TJ Combo and Killer Instinct, but he has a had the speed up mode, right? Like, oh, right. Um, did that make it the final game? Yeah, I think it did. <laughs> it's been a while, but yeah, we had similar issues where you didn't want to skip over collision frames, right? Um, but we had good programming teams, so they they took care of that pretty pretty well. Dang, and, and even no. uh, someone in the chat, Shay in the chat is saying that there are some interactions in Tekken slow-mos that have different outcomes uh, versus normal gameplay. Okay. So interesting, interesting. Mm. But uh, so I know everybody wants me to ask this. I want to ask it too. So, you know, speaking of Tekken 7, you know, there's obviously this meme and everyone talking about the three frames of rollback, you know, happening right, yeah. in Tekken. From your point of view, obviously, you don't know what's actually going on in the engine. And again, mm-hmm. three frames is such a short amount of time. But uh, right. from what you can tell, is there actually any rollback in Tekken 7 at all? Or is it still mostly just a delayed-based netcode game? Well, as far as I can tell, there's some amount of it. Um, how much they apply, I'm not sure of. Um, and I think... Tekken works in a very similar way to every other fighting game. You know, it sends inputs to both players. Well, you have one player send their inputs to the other, and then you can finally update your game when you get that input. Whether or not they do a correction, I'm not sure of. And um, you can speculate on, like, other strategies they, they would be using for rollbacks, not necessarily re-simulation, which is rerunning the game for those mm-hmm. frames. Um, yeah, I mean, I could see reasons why they didn't potentially implement a large number of rollbacks one could be performance, right? Maybe their game is not optimized enough to actually perform more, more uh, simulations per frame, right? That's a, re- a realistic possibility, especially if they didn't have the time to get that out and stuff like that. So, because optimizing modern games isn't easy, it's an, it is an easy thing, right? Mm-hmm. Especially when you have things like uh, gameplay code that is what we call CPU bound, which basically means unless you change the gameplay code itself, you're not going to make it any faster. Because mm-hmm. gameplay code runs on the CPU, to, you know, as a this is a, as opposed to GPU bound, where the graphics are really what's holding you back. Hmm. Oh, so, so I mean that again, that's a speculation on my part. I don't know of any details there. So yeah. okay, so when you say like CPU bound and GPU bound, does does you mean like that would affect when you roll back to a save state and have to recalculate everything? It couldn't basically play it faster, or um... yeah, so. So assuming, uh, you know, you have like five frames of um, network latency, well, it takes mm-hmm. five frames of game time to get the input from the other player. That means you're going to need to rerun five frames of the game simulation. Right. Right. You, you restore five frames ago, rerun those inputs. But you need to do that within the current uh, uh, actual one frame game time. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, your game itself is going to slow down. So... That's one possibility. Um, every every game has a limit on how many frames it can actually re-simulate. Mm. You can't re-simulate forever. You know, right. you're never going to see a game that does 100 
frames re-simulation. <laughs> I don't know if you're going to even want 100 right, frames of rollback. Right, I know. It's going to be kind of <laughs> gross anyway. Yeah. And so, but I think luckily, yeah. Does that have to do with the, the you know, the setting in a lot of the, the, the rollback games where you can set the, 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 the frame count or like the latency or th that's always been one area that like that's kind of confused me. So for like a lot of those games, you can there's that setting that you can change of how many what is it maximum frames that you can roll back for. Um, right. What what exactly oh, is yeah. that doing? Yeah. Yeah, I always talk a little bit about the nature of network latency in the first place or lag. You know, um, mm -hmm. you can't eliminate latency. It's going to be there. Yeah. Whatever time it's going to take for your inputs to get to the other player, you're going to have to do something about it, right? Mm -hmm. Normally, until rollbacks were commonly implemented in, in these games, that's why you added input delay to your local game, right? Because you wanted to make sure that you're running both inputs on both games at the same time. Mm -hmm. What we're talking about here is you're giving the same commands to a program, you know, in this from the same state of each time. Basically, the program has to be in the same state before you run those inputs to get the same results. Right. Um, so the, the latency has to be compensated by something, right? Um, again, with rollbacks, we just kind of ignore it until we get the input and we just re-simulate. That's how we compensate for that latency. Mm -hmm. But you can reduce your rollbacks, right? If you compensate it somewhere else by adding uh, maybe you don't want to have zero frames of input delay uh, because you want to see less rollbacks, well, then you add a few additional frames of latency to your local input, right? This guarantees that the other player will get the input uh, on the frame with less, with less uh, desynchronization because effectively uh, you'll be running this, say, for a concrete example, if I'm sending it to you my input for frame five, if it gets to your computer at frame seven as opposed to frame 10, right. because you know, I'm saying this, this input is not for, for frame five, it's for frame seven or whatever, mm -hmm. then we both run it at frame seven, then you have less correction to do because right. the time between you're actually needing this input and when you do the correction is smaller because you added that additional time by uh, increasing your input delay on your side. Okay. Okay. Hope that makes sense. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, again, I mean, uh, if, if anybody in the chat wants any sort of like uh, kind of uh, uh, clarification, just let me know in the chat as well. But um, I mean, one of the things that I thought of, I still remember, I think it was an HDR. Like one of the very first things that happened in HDR was that uh, Vegas Claw caused a lot of desyncs because it was okay. random on when it popped off and I think they just didn't account for that. And so on some screens, right. on some uh, games it would pop off and other games, you know, the, on the other side it would stay on and such. And, you know, for characters like Faust and stuff where they actually throw random items, you know, how, how does that work? Like how does rollback account for that kind of situation? Well, first, let me say that computers, I think I mentioned this before, they never do anything that's random. Right. Uh, what we see as random is called pseudo-random number generators. Effectively, they look random because the number you get is kind of like wildly different than the previous number. So for humans, you can't really t know, understand the algorithm that they're, they're actually uh, mm -hmm. generating these numbers. Or you just can't do it on the fly, right? So these are just algorithms that are completely deterministic, right? If you If you start from the same initial conditions, you're always going to get the same result afterwards. Right. So if you 
basically start both random number generators in the same state on both computers, you're always going to get the same random number come out of it, right? Mm -hmm. So okay. often what would happen is maybe something is either calling that random number generator externally from the gameplay that's not dealt with uh, with the rollbacks that's affecting that random number generator because right. most algorithms the way they work is when you call the random number generator function it changes its internal state right so if anything external say like a vfx or something is calling that same function and the vfx is not tied to the game simulation <laughs> then you're going to get a desync yeah. right okay and how, i've seen that happen so. like how how hard is it to prevent these kind of desyncs i mean either do these things just like happen all the time from just completely uh, random things that you didn't think of? It definitely could happen, especially if you have shared functionality between your game code and your presentation code, like your, you know, your rendering stuff and your particle effects. If you keep that stuff separate, if you don't make it possible for, say, a particle effect to call gameplay code, then you, you should be okay. okay. Right? You, you need to completely isolate uh, the gameplay side of the game versus the engine and everything else. So. Yeah, I mean, even like, for example, uh, two people playing on the same uh, match can have different backgrounds and stuff. And so, you know, even if particles right. are random, which way they go, that shouldn't affect, you know, if they both have it slightly different as long as it has nothing to do with the gameplay, right? Yep, if they're calling external functionality, it should be completely fine. Okay. Uh, I want to repeat uh, what someone said in the chat here. So uh, Shay says, to sum up, Zynax said, there is rollback in Tekken 7. So, I mean, is is that something that you would uh, <laughs> uh, be on record for saying? Or uh, I'll just say I've seen evidence of the game correcting itself. So okay. I, that's all I'm going to say. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah. No, I'm not trying to put you on the, <laughs> on the hook for that. So, but okay. Okay. So, uh, I mean, just in terms of you working on, you know, rollback throughout your, uh, you know, your time, you've, you've mentioned Killer Instinct, you've mentioned a little bit of Skullgirls, your own games with, uh, you know, Guilty Gear Strive and stuff. Like, I'm just curious, do you have any, like, anecdotes or just, like, completely weird things that, like, stick out to you in particular? Like, God, I never would have thought that this would cause any problems with rollback netcode or anything like that. Just to kind of illustrate to people the 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 the, the funkiness that rollback <laughs> netcode can cause. Hmm, it's hard to say because there also there honestly is a lot of problems. You just have to like knock each of those problems out one by one, right? Like the the things, so many things present presented themselves. So, like the before mentioned, pseudo random number stuff, right? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. You wouldn't imagine. Oh, there's something calling this gameplay random number generator outside that's causing the desync, right? You, you wouldn't have imagined that initially, but uh, um, once you see it happen, then you know. Um, yeah. Other things are just like making particle effects and other kind of visual effects look good under rollbacks. That's just a very difficult thing to do some of the time depending on how that effect has been implemented because you know um games a lot of fighting games use like pretty elaborate effects not not just as flashy stuff on the screen but as part of your visual understanding of how a move hits right you think of characters like zato right zato has his uh his eddie and eddie attacks with all these different kind of like slashes and mm -hmm. shadow things mm -hmm. all that stuff you have to be careful about because 
Um, you know, engines like Unreal, they're not really designed to perfectly replicate a particle effect the same mm, way right, second right. time, right? So even if it doesn't affect gameplay, visually if it's different or too different, the player's gonna go, huh, that's weird. You know, hmm. like why isn't it touching the other you, you've seen these memes <laughs> on Twitter, right? Why isn't this move not even touching them? Right, yeah. <laughs> you know? yeah. So that kind of stuff is what really ends up being difficult and you end up spending a lot of your time on that. Okay. I mean, yeah. Suna in the chat mentions, you know, Exert when they, in the beta, that chip's leaf grab was causing a lot of issues before as well. Uh, any insight? Would you happen to have any insight onto what uh, was causing that? Leaf grab. I didn't actually see that bug. Um, okay. I only got to play a few matches with Exert rollbacks. It, it, it seemed pretty good to me, um, but I did not play against a chip. <laughs> so, um, I mean, what what was the bug? Was it a desynchronization or was it just a visual glitch? I heard that some people said it was like it kind of messed up his animation or something like that. Like he would get stuck in one pose or something mm -hmm. while he was jumping. Mm -hmm. I, I can't remember someone in the, oh, he didn't disappear when Leaf Grab started. Interesting. Okay, yeah. So, you know, not only do you need to like roll back gameplay stuff, you know, the most important thing, of course, is synchronizing the game gameplay. If you don't do that, you won't even have a match. It, mm -hmm. it will just character will end up on this side of the screen, running into the corner, attacking the wall. Right. <laughs> right. Yeah. Um, but you do need to be very careful about visual effects, like I mentioned before, because if you don't properly restore those as well, yeah, the character could mm -hmm. supposed to be invisible, suddenly not invisible anymore, and vice versa. <laughs> right. You don't want your character to be invisible for us to match. You know, like. Yeah, that's the kind of stuff that can easily happen if you're not careful. So yeah, yeah. yeah so I mean, uh, Caramel Jenkins mentions too, like a crazy projectile character like Arakune and Blaze Blue. You know, it's kind of the same question that you know I mentioned with Mana. But in the end, it's it just because they're throwing a bunch of projectiles all over the screen. Like if it was Marvel Three and Doom is just shooting lasers everywhere, it necessarily wouldn't. Like the more projectiles actually wouldn't make things particularly more difficult, right? Yeah, I mean, as far as visual goes, it's like kind of two things you can do. You can make your visual effects entirely stateless, which is basically if you feed them in all the perimeters of the current game state, it will just render it correctly. Mm -hmm. The other thing you can do is if you do have state for your particle effects, often they do, um, then you have to store that state as well. Okay. Yeah, right. otherwise okay. you have to re-simulate the whole particle effect over time. Right. And that can get expensive. And even um, things like in the yeah. UMVC3, because every projectile had their own durability stat and everything like that, right? So everything yeah. that's on the screen has to be kind of stored in that memory as well, right? But I think that part would be the gameplay state, so it shouldn't, uh, it, mm. it wouldn't have been a big issue, I, okay. I imagine. Um, yeah, I think, well, we're, you know, I think last season of Killer Instinct, um, we had characters with tons of projectiles, right? And we somehow made it work. <laughs> so, yeah. Okay. You look, think of Arya and stuff like that, right? Tons right, of particle yeah. effects, you know, effectively Marvel style assists. Um, yeah. Nice. Now, uh, you know, early on when people were developing rollback netcode and everything, there was always this kind of, you know, argument that yes, obviously rollback makes your game more playable online and everything like that. But man, is you have to put in that much more work to implement rollback. You have like it, it, it scales up the project. 
Um, if you're designing the game from scratch with rollback, do you feel like that uh, it really does kind of increase the scope of the game? Or do you feel like it's that part's been kind of exaggerated by people? Once you start, if you're making a game from scratch, it's so much easier to implement rollbacks. Um, as long as you set up your frame right, f- framework just right, um, and everybody on your team is knowledgeable of what you need to do to handle rollbacks, then you're fine. It's just when you're retrofitting is when it becomes very okay. more expensive. Yeah. But once you've done the retrofitting, then it's like for every title afterwards, if you keep the same code base and you keep the same principles, you'll, you'll be fine. Yeah. Right. Now, obviously, you know, this is something that I think, again, used to be a, a misunderstanding, but I think people understand it right now a lot better. But, you know, most people know that netcode is not just like this nebulous layer that you can just unscrew off of one and then screw on the other, you know, like yep. that there's a lot more to it than that, right? Yeah, I mean, it's not just fighting games. If you if you ever pay attention to any of these like GDC talks about, you know, server-based games, they have all these things you have to do with gameplay, visual presentation to deal with network synchronization, okay. right? And there's no plug and play. Like that isn't a reality on anything, no. hmm. any kind of game. I've yeah. been forgetting to change my, uh, my, uh, my topics over here, <laughs> but that's <laughs> fine. That was all just yeah. like the interview section here. So, I mean, I don't want to, I don't want to take up too much of your time. So I, I, I kind of, you know, pr- asked you this beforehand coming on the, uh, on the show. Cause obviously I have the questions that I want to ask and everything like that, but you're probably sitting here every time rollback comes up, you're reading Twitter and there's just people spouting about everything in 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 fighting games like you know they know everything about rollback and you're probably seeing misinformation left and right you know uh is there anything in particular that you see often that you just want to like skype put the kibosh on right now and be like look this is how it works okay (laughs) yeah one thing i see a lot is people assuming that when we say rollbacks we're talking about the game actually reverting to a previous state. The player never sees that. That is done internally uh, by the game engine. What you're seeing is just a correction to, to what the current state should be. Mm-hmm. You're, the, the problem is the word rollbacks kind of implies the game's actually rolling back. But right. honestly, you don't even need to technically do the whole rollback part of it. You can, there's a conceivable way you can implement the game where you don't actually do rollbacks like that. Um, but because of the naming, a lot of people just assume that, oh, undoing what I did, that's the big thing. People think the thing they did was undone. No, that's not the case. If you were playing with delay-based netcode, you would have seen the exact same results. The game is, mm-hmm. These games are entirely deterministic. Whether or not you use delay-based netcode or you use rollback netcode, same results are going to happen. Right. Yeah. And um, that just made me think of something else, too. Sorry to kind of derail this a little bit. But uh, obviously, you know, as you mentioned earlier, no no netcode is going to make it so that things work better. You know, I mean, going to make you play perfect if you're playing like from California to France. Right. Like there's no way to to really solve that distance problem. But I remember uh, before, uh, you know, before Mike Z was taken off the project, he had mentioned that there was like some improvement he made to the Skullgirls netcode. Is that something that you're familiar with that he said would make it feel even better uh, for that kind of distance? Uh, I don't know exactly what he was talking about. 
to be honest, but there are things you can do, right? You can make trade-offs between the two players. You can say, okay, I'm going to take on more rollbacks, but to make your experience better. If you're just being friendly to them, you're like, yeah, <laughs> I'll, I'll let you have less bull rollbacks. And I can deal with playing with, with that. That's kind of thing you could do. I, if you add those options to the games, I, I think it gets a little more confusing for players that don't really understand what the trade-offs are, mm-hmm. right? That's kind of tricky for developers to decide whether or not they support that kind of thing. Um, and, there, and there's other ways you could conceivably reduce the number of rollbacks you get. If you can, you can, if you can guarantee the game won't change after a, uh, a correction, then you could just not do the rollback. Right. And depending on the game, yeah, it, it would be different. So. And, and again, rollback, if you... I mean, that's one of the things that's also said too, right? You you kind of uh, touched on that too, that rollback is essentially delay-based netcode. If you switch it to, what was it, like zero max rollback frames, right? Then it's basically right. the exact same thing, right? It is. Okay, okay. But uh, sorry, yeah, sorry to derail you. Anything anything else that uh, sticks yeah. out to you from what people have said, you know, talking about rollback? Yeah, there's a... This- a point about rollbacks or just like netcode in general that I'm a big stickler for, you know, when you have delay-based netcode, not only is it delay-based, but it's also a vari- variable delay. So in order to, the internet changes conditions all the time. You might have more latency this frame or this time versus that time. So unless you have your input delay constantly changing in delay-based netcode, you may not get input in time on your client and your game's just going to stop. And you've all seen this where the game like stutters, it stops, and then it continues running normally, right? And then you <laughs> drop your combo, your input got consumed. That's awful. The nice thing about rollbacks is you can have a trade-off. You can have fixed input delay, but the rollbacks compensate for that up and down uh, um, latency behavior of the internet. So it, it hides that, that variability behind rollbacks. And it doesn't affect your input. Your inputs won't get dropped. Which is great because you can learn your combos with a specific timing, and you can always do it the same way. If you have variable place, uh, variable input delay, you can't do that because you, you always get this feeling of like, oh, did my input get eaten? Was it me <laughs> or was it the game? Like, and, and you can always blame it on the game at that point. But once you add rollbacks, you can't blame the game anymore. <laughs> it's <Right>. all you. <laughs> you know. So. so I mean, but even for games with rollback, like you know, Strive, we still see like the the delay frame counter mm. on the top of the screen. So I mean, like, what what is that indicating? It shouldn't change how the game feels. It's just the potential of the the length of rollback that you might see, right? Yeah. Yeah, it's just to indicate the variability of um, the current network that you're on, right? It, mm-hmm. You know, if there's more network latency uh, over one uh, period of time versus the next period of time, of course, you're going to have more rollbacks. That lets you see that. But the input delay won't change. Right. You know? Okay. Okay. Uh, any other things that you want to address uh, before I open it up to the, the viewers to see if they have any questions yeah. here? Well... You know, just from a few years ago, we're now going into a new world where all these games have rollback netcode, right? Mm-hmm. We went from a situation where most people couldn't play each other to a situation where everybody could play each other, essentially, right? Yeah. Uh, now, it's not a worldwide, but definitely it's con- continental-wide. You can play pretty much everybody as if almost like playing them locally, yeah. right? That means so many more players can get better at these games, right? And the competition is just going to get much, much stronger. I want people to think about, especially people who are becoming game developers in this industry, like, where do we go from here, right? How, what improvements can we make past rollbacks? Because 
the rollbacks were such a white well for so long, right? We need, you know, mm. honestly, Street Fighter Four should have had rollbacks. We had JPO <laughs> at the time. It was there AC Remix so had it. Right. Yeah. It's like we're 10 years, almost 15 years behind on this technology. So we're finally here. So where do you go? What does it mean? I want people to really think about that, especially if you want to get into developing these games. Um, I've been doing it long now. I'm kind of taking a break at the moment. Hopefully I'll get back into making fighting games in a few years. But uh, I want to see new people come around and come up with new ideas. You know, mm-hmm. I don't think rollbacks are the end of it as far as... Imp- you know, improving fighting games. So I, I really want to see what people can come up with. Yeah. I mean, one of the things that, you know, just to kind of uh, expand on what you mentioned about how rollback has really improved the quality of play. I mean, I think I just don't look any further than Strive, right? I mean, directly right now, Strive has always been such a Japan dominated game. Uh, but now what we're seeing here is when you have all these players playing Strive and they can practice with each other all the time, you know, you see the Razos and Jonathan Tenes and Umi shows, you know, playing at just these extremely high levels. I mean, uh, I still I still love what uh, one of my tw- uh, my viewers actually said one time, you know, we were talking about ways to help beginners get into fighting games and stuff. And he was like, honestly, the best way to get beginners into fighting games is just have good role back net code <laughs> if you get more quality matches with people at your level it's going to make the experience so much better for you as a, as a new uh, uh, fighting game player so mm-hmm. yeah i definitely agree with that all right well um i guess at this point in time i will open this up to people in the chat here if they have any questions that they want to ask uh just make sure you type like an at uh jay chenzor in the chat so i know that I can, you know, spot these things in particular. Um, but Shay asks, I'll just go with the first one right here with Shay that I see is Shay is asking is what are the next areas that net code can or should approve on in this, in this new generation? Do you have any ideas or is this just one of those things that like whoever can figure it out, go for it. <laughs> right. I, I think beyond the actual synchronization between uh, games, right. Uh, things like matchmaking, uh, ranked rank matches. Yeah. We really need to f- facilitate getting players of similar skill level together. I think that's just something we haven't done very well in, in fighting games. Mm-hmm. And probably it's a hard problem because one versus one is a, it's much harder to match <laughs> measure people's yeah. skill on that versus team versus team where you can kind of like mix different skill levels together, you know, and kind of get an average result. So, yeah, I think that's a thing we can really improve on. And I think that's also really important to, to discern as well, because I know a lot of people get this confused. So uh, we really need to make sure people understand that there's a huge separation difference between the server matchmaking code as well as the net the net code, right? So like, for example, the problems that are plaguing KOF 15 right now, the, the matchmaking and stuff that has nothing to do with net code and rollback, you know, and, and for like street fighter six, the beta, you know, by limiting it to the number of people, they're more testing the net code than actually the server matchmaking stuff. Right. So you, okay. Hmm. okay. I was aware uh, of the problems. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, let's see, uh, well, Fanta asks, uh, do you consider yourself part of the FGC? Uh, I'll let you answer that part first. So do you play a lot of fighting uh, games? Do you play a lot of fighting oh, games? Oh, I wonder, uh, you know, <laughs> up until recently <laughs> I was playing, uh, Exert competitively 
in the tournament scene. Uh, I might have, might have placed top eight in a few tournaments, but um, <laughs> no, I've been playing fighting games as a little kid. Um, before I even was aware of the FGC, uh, you know, like everybody in the early '90s, I was obsessed with games like Mortal Kombat, mm-hmm. Killer Instinct, you know, Street Fighter, and eventually the Virtual Fighters and Tekken's when they came out. In high school, you know, the big thing that was happening at the time was we got the Versus series, right? Mm-hmm. So I just remember when my friend got a Japanese copy for the Dreamcast of Capcom versus SNK2. And I was like, whoa, this thing is crazy. And he had like the mass fight stick. And I'm like, what is this about? Oh, <laughs> fighting games. I didn't know all this stuff existed. You know, eventually mm-hmm. found SRK and I was got completely obsessed with the freaking certain threads on SRK and it found my local scene. I was like, wow, this whole freaking world exists. It's so different now because, yeah, you have Twitch, you have Twitter. It's kind of hard not to be aware of the scene, I guess, now. Back then, there's only a few. How cool is it that you you get, you're working on games like Strive now? I mean, is that just like, if you told yourself 10 years ago that this was a thing, you'd just be like, no way. (laughs) No, I, I didn't think it was going to happen. Honestly, I was like, oh, they're not going to hire me. Like, who am I, you know? Right. So they did. So, okay. Um, just to follow really up cool. on Fanta's question here. Sorry sorry to interrupt you here before it scrolls off the screen here. Uh, uh, he's Fanta also asked, you know, do, do you feel like having that previous uh, understanding of fighting games makes your job easier? And does it feel like that it, it makes it better to hire from the community? Or is that, you know... Uh, something that has pros and cons? Um, I think it's mostly positive. You know, if you looked at the Killer Instinct team, tons of people there were from the community. Obviously Keats, right? Mm -hmm, But mm -hmm. uh, we also had Mighty Mar on the team there. Um, (laughs) Delratch. A bunch of guys. Even the programmers love fighting games, right? Right. Uh, So they were, because you're aware how these games are supposed to work, when problems present themselves that are obvious to fighting game players, you can just go ahead and fix it. You don't have to wait for the game to be released, right? You don't have to put it in front of a bunch of fighting game players. So I think that's a great point. There's a small downside, I think, to the creative aspect of these games. When you become so familiar with these games, you assume they need to work in a certain way, right? So you can't, you don't necessarily see any potential new way of doing stuff in mm-hmm. fighting games. So I think it's partially why you've seen fighting games kind of be the samey, very samey <laughs> for the last right. 20 years. So uh, hopefully we can break away from that at some point and see some new stuff. But um, we'll see. We'll see what Project L brings. Dang, yeah. So, yeah. Uh, well, that could yeah. be a whole... I mean, maybe we'll save that a little bit more for the end. But uh, yeah. uh, Mike Lee Story asks, what is Run Ahead and when should and shouldn't people use it? Um, the only time I've ever heard run ahead is when you go ahead and simulate future um, game frames, uh-huh. and then you check to see if that matches what it should be. Mm-hmm. Um, if you, I mean, technically, if you I guess you if you have enough processing power, it might be worth doing. I, I'm not aware of any fighting games that necessarily implement run ahead. Um, yeah, it's something I have to put more thought into. Because I know when people say, you know, like part of it is, you know, rollback is predicting what the opponent is going to do. It's most just repeating the last input that was there, right? So Another reason why fighting games are so good for rollbacks is even if you repeat the same input, it's very similar to what a player is going to do, right? Because you you can't, most of the time you're not hitting a button and releasing it in one frame. You're pressing it and holding it for a few frames and releasing. So it's most likely going to match what the inputs were going to be. Right. 
um, anyway. So, so he, I mean, he says that, you know, something about fight Cade using it and might be just them, right. you know, basically giving a name to that idea that you just, you know, you have to play ahead a few frames if you do have that disconnect, right? Yeah, I think it's just a way to pre... Mm. Yeah, again, I, I'm not exactly sure about the implementation, so okay. I really don't want to talk about it. Okay. Yeah, sorry. Now, uh, yeah. Naleb asks, uh, does voice chat can affect netcode performance? And I'm assuming, again, that that's just because it has nothing to do with the gameplay, those two things won't interrupt each other at all, right? I'm just not aware of any case where that's happened. Um, mm -hmm. Conceivably, anything that feeds into the same computer could affect performance, <laughs> right? So I can imagine a scenario that happens, but... Um, I, again, I don't know of any particular game where that's been a problem. Now, now that just reminds me, because in Street Fighter V, it has been proven that if you smash on the controller as fast as you can, you can mess up rollback even more. Yeah. Is, is that something that you can like uh, prevent from happening? Right. So I think what's going on there is there's some performance penalty when it's checking to do rollbacks. Mm -hmm. And the, kind of the, the way we handle... So something I did not talk about is how do we even determine that we need to roll back in the first place, right? right. You could look mm -hmm. at the game state and see if things desynchronize at like some kind of uh, variable that are shared between both both clients, like maybe the position of both players. You go, oh, okay, they're different, so let's roll back. That's not how we really do things. What we do is we look at the inputs and say, was the inputs we expected to use different than what I got from the other player? If they're different, then roll back and resimulate. Mm -hmm. That's the easiest way to do it. Okay. Now, if you're not constantly testing your game to make sure it can be performant at the max rollback count, like I think NetherRealm, they made sure their game could run eight whole uh, simulations every time they roll back. Um, then, yeah, you could have that problem if you, if you kind of like don't check that, if you're, if you're not careful. So if your rollbacks are just not performant, you know, yeah, of course, if you mash on the buttons, it's going to cause more performance problems. I don't know if that's what's going on with Street Fighter V, but it's definitely something I could uh, see happening. Right, because yeah. it doesn't happen with most of the other games, right? Like in yeah. KI and, and, and Strive, like that doesn't happen if you're just uh, like spinning the controller and stuff. Yeah, KI and Strive, we tested with simulator rollbacks going on, all, like max simulator rollbacks going on all the time. So we know we knew when we saw performance problems and fixed them. Okay. So, yeah. Uh, Oni Raman asks, is it even technically viable to suggest having something like a local mode for a game with no baked-in delay versus online modes, having baked-in delay to accommodate fewer rollbacks? I'm not exactly sure um, what that means. Uh, do you understand that a little bit? Yeah, I know what he's talking about. So like I've mentioned before, you have to compensate for lag somewhere, right? Mm -hmm. Now, I think the idea is if you bake in input delay offline, when you go online, you're not going to fill any additional delay. Oh, that, right. Yeah, right? okay, okay. Yeah, because it's, it's going to be compensated for, right? It's going to be compensating for that network delay once you go online. Mm -hmm. uh, it's just going to give it time for your input to travel across the network. Um, you know, that's a very controversial topic because if you say, <laughs> I'm adding lag to your input offline, uh, competitive players don't take that very well, right? right? It, it, oh, you're making our games feel worse. You know, my reaction times are going to be so many frames worse now. You know, but of course you can design the game around that. Mm -hmm. But I haven't seen anybody actively trying to do that yet. So okay, okay. 
so let's see. Vithagar asks, uh, sometimes when a game doesn't have rollback, people just say, just use GGPO like it's a drop-in solution, right? We talked a little bit about that. And you touched on some of this already, but can you speak a little to how much of a lift adding GGPO is? So like how much uh, GGPO actually does itself already? Clock sync, state mm. tracking, how much still has to be handled by the game developers? So actually, that's a beautiful question right there. So if you take, obviously, GGPO, which is free out there for anyone to use, does that save you a lot of time? At the very beginning, it can, if you want to quickly get up and running. But I think ultimately you'll want to have a solution that's more adapted for your game. Because there are places you can make optimizations, you can make assumptions that GGPO can't because it's a, gen a general solution instead of a specific one. Um, and there are, there are a few issues if you implement GDPO incorrectly that could cause things like the drifting problem I mentioned before, if, you're, if you don't understand what's going on there. Mm -hmm. um, and again, it's, it's like, it's one of those problems where it's like a chicken and egg problem where like, if you understand all the problems, of course, you can probably implement the netcode yourself. But if you <laughs> don't understand the problems and you use GPO incorrectly, then you're just, you don't, you're not going to know what to look for to fix. Mm -hmm. So, you know, so... Ultimately, I think for for um, uh, clever engineers, it's a quick solution to get going, but probably you'll want to replace it eventually. Okay, okay. Because, yeah. I mean, even like Strive and Killer Instinct is more the in-house uh, version, you know, net code, right? It wasn't really like built off of GGPO, right? Uh, yeah, I mean, what I can say is both games had an existing network layer that was, mm. that was used. So, okay, yeah. okay. Uh, just a very general question here from Backdrift. Uh, what is your favorite fighting game? And in your opinion, which fighting game is designed best, like system-wise? <laughs> so, I mean, my number one fighting game for sure is Vampire Savior. Uh, I've been playing that game. Yeah. <laughs> I've been playing that your background. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I've been a Lele player since I was in high school. Um, the game just has that speed and the quick decision making that very few fighting games now have yeah. you have so much time in modern games where you can just kind of think strategically which i think people really love that but mm. vampire savior is like all instinct like you don't <laughs> have time it's like marvel right you don't have time to really think right you have yeah. to like feel right and of course you can come up with game plans ahead of time but w when you're playing man it's just like it's all all adrenaline yeah, and I think I think all the Marvel players understand it as well. So everyone's saying, "Oh, so that's why I brought you on." <laughs> oh man, uh, let's see here. Uh, what does uh, so Ace Bunyan ask? What does Zynac make of Project L's implementation of rollback with implementing servers? Yeah, and he even says that he's not sure exactly what they're doing differently. We saw them mention something about that. Do you have? any idea what that is or uh you know can you can you speak to that idea at all well i think what he's talking about is a effectively uh a custom packet routing solution they have they already mm -hmm. use for league which is basically they have servers set up in specific locations and they can they, i think they have like deals with isps as well where they can send it they can route their packets very specifically mm -hmm. um so it shouldn't affect the actual um, gameplay synchronization other than maybe reducing latency. Um, I, c I can't speak any more right. uh, past that. No. But, but basically, I, I really the, the, the main thing is that, you know, because fighting games, again, matchmaking, 
two people talk to a server, the server says, hey, you two play each other, and then those two connect to each other directly, that connection between the two players can change all the time, right? Depending yeah. on which way the, 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 the data packets are being routed. So you're, what you're saying is that because it's kind of server-based, they will have a fixed path almost and uh, deals with the ISP yeah. potentially, right? Yeah, I mean, I can see where that have benefits. Most companies wouldn't be able to do that because they're, they're not riot. <laughs> so, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I mean. <laughs> helps to have a lot of helps to have that League of Legends riot money. <laughs> Existing relationships with ISPs and yeah. Uh, yeah. Oh man. Um, so Akuma Thurman asks, can you ask if you could add rollback to one fighting games these days? What would it be? So if you could, if you could retrofit rollback into one fighting game, what would what would it be? That's a tough question. You know, for a while, it's like exert. It's like obvious to me. It was like the game you need to do it for, right? Mm-hmm. To me, it's like what's what game is gonna like reach the most people who are who who would love to have it, right? Oh, man, it's I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I really don't know. Uh, because again, this it's been happening so much lately. Um, I don't know. Maybe a CVS two. Get it? That would be really cool. Uh. I see a lot um, of UMVC three yeah. in the in the chat here, and that's oh like... yeah 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 that's great. It's a good one actually. UMVC huh. three, yeah, I think would be a, a oh. big one right there. Oh, man, let me see what are the oh, questions. King thirteen would be great. King of thirteen. Oh yeah yeah yeah. Okay okay. Uh, let's see, what other questions do we have here? Tiny Tech says that the SF6 beta had variable delay. It would change based on ping. Is there a way to implement that without the user feeling its effects, or is it objectively a suboptimal solution that would ideally be changed before launch? Um, if it is the case that the input delay is changing based on ping, then the player is going to feel it, mm-hmm. right? If suddenly my input comes out a few frames later, my, my move comes out a few frames later than it did the moment before, you're going to notice that, right? And it's not going to feel great. I don't know why they're doing variable. If they, I, Again, I don't know if that's the case, but right. if they are, I, I don't understand why they would decide to do that. I know there's a, like, of course, developers can't help it. They're looking online and you see complaints about one thing or the other, and maybe they're just thinking, oh, I don't want to see people complaining about the rollbacks, <laughs> and maybe this right. is a way to compensate for it. But it's just like, man, this, we we already know this is such a good solution for yeah every fighting game and why you're doing things differently right so. i mean um did you get a ch- did you get into the street fighter 6 beta by any chance i didn't but i did go to tgs i was able to play for a oh, while sick. Person, okay, okay. So, yeah i'm just wondering like, if I, you wonder if you had a chance to play the online and if there was anything you know like it felt pretty oh. uh uh you know standard straightforward quality rollback to you no, I wasn't unable to get in, but I, I, okay. I have I have a lot of hope for Capcom now. It seems like they are putting the right resources into that game. I'm I'm very excited for it. It's 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 been a long time since it seemed like Capcom really cared about their fighting games. So yeah. this was an exciting time for sure. Yeah, and that's I another question right. too. So uh, Cross Tekken had rollback, mm-hmm. right? And UMVCI yep. I'm sorry, UMVCI. MVCI had rollback, right? So mm-hmm. is is that is that confirmed that both of them ran on rollback? Yeah, they both have rollbacks. I don't. I can't speak to the quality of it, right? Um, I heard MVCI has good rollback netcode, uh, mm. definitely better than Street Fighter Five. But I, yeah. I only I didn't play much of that online, to be honest. Um, 
Yeah, and I think I think that those games were made at a time at Capcom when a lot of fighting game players did have influence over those titles, right? I think Seth Killian in particular had a lot of influence over yeah. Street Fighter Cross Tekken. So I, I can see why those games got it. And Okay. Yeah. Okay. Um, uh, let's see here. Uh, I don't see any other questions here. So uh, <laughs> absorbing the net code. Oh my gosh. Right. Someone or typed that in from, from the Sega situation. Oh man. But uh, yeah, let me know if anybody else in the chat has any questions here, but uh, do you feel like um, uh, uh, Project L could potentially like change the game a lot or do you feel like it's you know uh, do you feel like that they have the ability to because you know you talked about how we need to do better you know the rollback is not the end of it like do you feel like even from just a net code side of things do you think Project L has room for you know some clever uh, advancements in net code right you know the Cannons were the guys that came up with the TTPO in the first place, right? And I'm sure they've been <laughs> right. thinking this for a very, very, very long time. Mm-hmm. So I'm sure they have some tricks up their sleeves they're they're implementing to make it a better experience for players. And and in a riot having their whole infrastructure for League of Legends, um, they're very experienced with matchmaking. I'm sure they're gonna they're gonna do it well. So I'm, I'm definitely looking forward to it. It's taking a little longer than I thought it was gonna take for that game to come out, but uh hopefully they're putting <laughs> they're putting the right resources in the right places on that game. So I mean, I remember when they first developed it, it was on final burn as well. I think the, the, the emulator and I remember playing, uh, alpha, was it alpha two or alpha three? Like really early on. Yeah. I remember playing it uh, and trying out the, the net code. And I was like, this feels great. Wow. This will be cool. That was like 20 some years ago. (laughs) Yeah. 2006, 2006 ish. Right. And I got the beta code because I think we're all on like the SRK IRC channel yeah. and Cap, 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 Capcom and we all got beta uh, access and mm-hmm. I'm like, this changes everything. Like every fighting game is going to have this now. <laughs> <laughs> Big surprise, you know, when I learned that Street Fighter 4 didn't have it or Please Blue didn't oh, have it. Oh, man. Yeah. yeah. Here we are. Really? 15 years later. <laughs> God. Yeah. Uh, well, uh, Mike Lee asks, uh, as a programmer, how do you feel about glitches and bugs that affect gameplay, like role canceling or Zabble's unblockable and such? It's a case-by-case basis. I played Faust, and he, of course he had the FD canceling on his uh, dive kick. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. allowed him to float a little bit, and I thought it was a fun mechanic. And um, obviously Arc assisted as well because they left it in for many games. Um, <laughs> yeah. So sometimes those bugs do lead to creative gameplay, and I, I think it's awesome when they leave it in and kind of integrate it as a core strategy for characters. You know, of course, there's some bugs like option selects. I'm not a big fan of having too many option selects in your game because it makes the game so much about option selects. Right. Right. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. 4 had this problem. Mm-hmm. I, 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 I don't want to learn all these option selects and play that game. No, I, I want to position my character in the right place and trick you into putting your character in the wrong place and not all this kind of input trickery so yeah i mean how hard like obviously for stuff like you know this is a question for me now uh you know for stuff like you know accent core one of the coolest things that you know the rollback in that was literally a fan project and then arxis just kind of basically was like well hey we'll fund you guys you know to to make it official kind of thing and you know as we've mentioned it gets harder and harder for modern games but uh 
especially because you just don't have the code base, right? I mean, a lot of this work is just kind of like, I don't even know how it works, to be honest. I don't know how people are doing that. But, you know, how hard would it be for someone to, for fans to retrofit roll back into like UMBC three or even like a PC version of Soul Calibur six. I only ask selfishly for that game. Uh, you know, <laughs> um, well, you need to talk to the guy who did, uh, what was it called? The, uh, melee, the melee. Uh, oh, slippy. Yeah. I'm, yeah. 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 Mm -hmm. I was really impressed by that, how they're able to handle that on like a, a, a you know, a game with 3d rendering and stuff like that it, it, through an emulator, no less. Right. Or is it an emulator? Or is it actually running on console? I forget about the details. I think of that, that one's actually an emulator. I'm pretty sure that okay. one's. Oh, Fizzy. Yeah, Slippy is the guy Fizzy. who. Fizzy wrote it for Slippy, or is it Slippy wrote it for Fizzy? No, Fizzy wrote it for Slippy, if I'm not mistaken. Oh, Dolphin. Yeah, that's right. It's on the Dolphin emulator. That's what it was. Yeah. Yeah, I think once you get to more modern games, it gets difficult because most games are written to take. They use the maximum amount of time they can on the CPU. And in order to be able to like roll back multiple frames, you need to have more time. And unless you can optimize the game along with, you know, actually enabling rollbacks, then you're going to get nowhere because you can just have the game stuttering all the time, right? And right. I think that's the biggest challenge of modern games. Now, that was an older game running on an emulator, so it was definitely possible for them to rerun the game multiple times per frame on modern PCs. But if you're yeah. looking at something that got released for like a PS4, it might be a little difficult. Yeah. Right. So in other words, a game like UMVC3, which came out during the PS3, Xbox 360 era, is definitely something that they can do better with because the processing power of PCs has just gotten stronger, right? Whereas something like Soul Calibur 6, we might have to wait a few years before someone could retrofit, roll back into something like that, right? That's right. I think only recently we're seeing rollbacks for uh, things like the Dreamcast and Naomi, right? Mm -hmm. um, and have they got any PS... I know there's some work for getting PS2 games to support rollbacks, but I'm not super familiar with that. But yeah, okay. PS3 is getting there, but it's still difficult even just to emulate a PS3 game because of that architecture is so different right. than a normal CPU, right? Yeah. So. That's what made the PS3 really hard to develop for, right? It was kind of yep. a... Uh, that that's the console that is uh, known for being hard to to, to make <laughs> games for, right? Yeah, absolutely. Three sixty games were probably way way more uh, um, viable for implementing mm. rollbacks, to be honest. Yeah, because yeah. three sixty still just kind of like a glorified PC in a way, right? I think it's power PC architecture. Okay. Um, okay. Yeah. I Huh, interesting. So uh, people in the chat are saying that Melee has a lightning fast mode. It was a framework for getting it to work. Yeah, I mean, that's true, because I remember in training mode, you could like ratchet the speed up of Melee to like times 10 or something kind of ridiculous okay. like that. So well, maybe that that's one of the reasons they were able to do it. That's yeah, cool. interesting. Okay. Well, uh, I mean, I don't see too many other questions here in the chat. And uh, like I said, I don't want to take up too much of your time or anything like that. But uh, uh, is there uh, anything else that you wanted to add about uh, uh, rollback netcode or, or just even like maybe like a preview of what you're doing or anything currently? Or is that all still NDA? <laughs> yeah, I mean, mostly what I'm doing now is NDA. It's projects are just starting out in development. So it's nothing I'm going to be able to talk about for a very long time, okay. but hopefully if, and when these things I'm working on do come out, I hope people get a chance to play them. Um, and definitely I'll share that when it does happen or 
if it happens. Um, <laughs> eventually, maybe I'll get back to making fighting games. I'm kind of in a break from fighting game development right now. It's been good 10 plus years where I've continuously worked on fighting games. So uh, it's I need a I want to reset my thinking about what does it mean. What what are where are fighting games going in the future? Like that's mm-hmm. things I'm constantly thinking about. You know, it's like we got to the point where the technology is finally caught up to have a good experience for these players. On you know when they're playing online, they could play across the country, across the world. So where are we going from here? I, I'm putting some time uh, in, in, into thinking about that. And uh, if anybody has any ideas where they want to see fighting games <laughs> go, I'd love to hear about it. So yeah, I, I mean it's interesting because. You know, Daigo famously said on stream recently that he does feel like that fighting games might even feel a little outdated these days. And, you know, I tend to agree. I think, like you said, because we've done it for so long in a certain way, we're still always doing a lot of fighting games in similar ways. And it's definitely a lot of room for change and and variation. And and I'm excited for that. So, Yeah, I I really want to see what these young creators are able to do that are not... They don't have that assumption about what fighting games are supposed to be from the 90s, right? I, I really want to see this what the so-called uh, Gen, Gen Z does. Uh, <laughs> they're just now graduating get, and getting out of university and coming into the industry. I want to see what they can come up with. So that's, I think it is an exciting time if we can get those, uh, those young people into the right uh, teams that make these games. So. Yeah. And how long have you been in Japan now? And, and how much are you, are you enjoying it out there? Yeah, I've been here about five years, and of course, oh, the last few okay. have been pretty much me stuck in my room, as all <laughs> you know, as everybody around the world has been. Um, but yeah, it's it's been good, um, good food. Things are not too expensive here. Yeah, um, you can have pretty easy life out here if you uh, if you make the best of it. So, and I, I get I, to play in the arcades all the time. Unfortunately, there's less of them now, but. Uh, right. Are you in Tokyo area? Are you in kind of Tokyo? Yeah, I'm very close to Tokyo. Okay, cool, cool, cool. So in other words, uh, my last question will just be, you going to Evo Japan? Can I buy you a drink there? (laughs) Yeah, of course, man. Like, I'd love to grab a drink to anybody who's coming. uh, Say hi. Don't don't be a stranger. Um, It's been so long since we've had people come here. So I'm really excited to have the FTC come out. I miss Japan so much. (laughs) Yeah. But yeah, for sure. I mean, honestly, thank you so much. I, I know when I hit you up, you're like, okay, let's do this. And I was like, oh, so I'm very grateful. Like I said, I definitely owe you a drink or, you know, maybe if we both have enough free time, I'll, I'll treat you to like a bowl of, bowl of cucumber ramen or something like that. Oh, you know? <laughs> that's, that's good. They have a curry place now too. It's really good. I saw Mark yeah. Man post up a picture yeah. of that and I was like, really what the heck? I'm kind of mad about that. So. <laughs> Yeah, we're right next door, so hopefully they'll still be around. Nice, nice. We'll just eat both of them, right? You can go to the ramen yeah. and then just go to the curry, just one right after the other. So I might have to take an early night after that. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Cool. Well, cool. Uh, other than that, uh, again, thank you very much for sh- for showing up on the show. And again, uh, really glad that we could get a lot of, uh, you know, questions answered here and, you know, kind of uh, dispel some of those myths. If you guys are watching this on YouTube and you do have any questions for Zynac, uh, where on where plug yourself, social media, all this stuff. Where can people hit you up? Well, if Twitter's still around by the time you see this video, uh, <laughs> yeah, you see. My my uh, t- uh, Twitter account is right there. You can just message me, um, just mention me, ask questions if you'd like. I don't know what the algorithm is going to do, you know. Um, but I mm-hmm. also have a co-host 
if you know that website, I think I just set it up. I'm going to be talking more about game development there, probably less about FTC stuff. But yeah, cohost.org slash Zynac. Not the CM Zynac, but just the Zynac part okay, is where okay. I'm at. So, um, yeah, so yeah, for, for, the, pretty much for the podcast listeners, uh, yeah, your Twitter is at CM Zynac. Right. And yes. I see uh, Mighty Sandwich posting your YouTube link as well. YouTube.com slash C slash Zynac. And uh, even so your GitHub. Well. <laughs> I have a bunch of videos on game development and rollbacks in particular. I have a whole series explaining rollbacks. Um, I started a series on beginner fighting game development. That's on hold right now as I'm a little busy at work. But um, I'll hopefully get that going again sometime beginning next year. Yeah. You're gonna have to teach me because I would love to one day like try to sit yeah. down and make a fighting game. That would that's like one of the dreams, right? Uh, obviously, <laughs> yeah, we could we could speak for another five hours about like how these games were been put together, oh, right? Yeah. Not not even just about the rollbacks, but like it's all the like specific knowledge you need to make mm. a fighting game because it's very difficult if you want to make a game that's uh comes from the heritage of street fighter right yeah so. yeah well i mean yeah i used to, uh, on the on the classic tuesday show i used to ask this all the time where does zynac come from anyway where does the name come from uh it's 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 it's, it's incredibly like programmer nerdy thing where I was trying to log into a Sun, I think it was a Sun, Solaris OS uh-huh. shell account somewhere in the, in the 90s, and it just randomly generated an account for me, and and it, it was basically random letters and numbers, and I just turned it into a pronounceable name. So oh, dang. <laughs> it was like DN4K or something like that, and I was like, oh, it looks like Zynac, and I I think once I kind of got into the FTC, it was like, no one's going to know how to pronounce this, so I just wrote wrote it out. So Nice. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, I love it. I love how we all come up with our nicks in all these uh, crazy different ways. So, but yeah, it's funny uh, now. I think Zynex is a drug now. So, is it? I, <laughs> if you search for me, you're gonna see like a lot of results about a specific drug. Yeah. Oh no! <laughs> yeah. All right, no official, no affiliation with the drug here. <laughs> Medication. It's not. It's not a legal substance. But okay, okay. Uh, there was. Oh gosh, there was one. Oh, that's right. That's right. Uh, you also do stream on Twitch every once in a while as well, right? Yeah, I was doing it regularly. Like I said, right now we're at busy time at work, so I will not be doing that for a little while. But uh, hopefully, you can get back at doing it as soon as I, I I can find some free time. So okay, and that one is just Zynac. Uh, honestly like i'm so bad at remembering this stuff (laughs) yeah it is zynac it's just on twitter that somebody got the handle before me somehow even though i signed up like 11 years ago someone already had zynac i don't know how to become cm zynac so okay fair enough all righty then again thank you so much for stopping by and thank you for answering these questions and like i said if you have any questions for him that you think of later on or if you're watching this on youtube or listening to this on spotify you know hit him up at cm zynac on twitter uh, thank you so much, and uh, thank you everybody for tuning in for the show today. Hope that this has been educational, and hope I can do more interviews like this that shed light on uh, a lot of facets of the uh, of FGC. And if you have anybody else that you'd like me to bring on, uh, let me know. And uh, outside of that, thanks again, Zynac. And uh, I know the day is starting for you, so have a good one, and uh, we'll see you soon. Thank you, James. It was fun. All right. <laughs> <laughs>